the first rule in grip sport is you tell everyone about grip sport. You know, crushing, pinch grip, thick bar, wrists. If the best guy in the world can't lift 100 pounds on it, I, I don't give a shit about it. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is Zach Mullins welcoming you to the first episode of The Grip Show. And for our first episode, we are going to be doing an athlete interview. But in general, I just want to give a quick breakdown about what kind of things we're going to be doing with The Grip Show and what kind of content is going to be coming out. Um, Athlete interviews or interviews with grip strength people is going to be one facet of it. And in general, we're going to be covering like historical feats, covering the history of how some of these things came about, different topic discussions. There might be multiple people speaking with me on some of these episodes. Um, also, another main reason for the show is looking to just get kind of this underground sport pushed to a bigger audience. So we're trying to get more exposure for this underground sport, push it to new people, introduce it to new people, try to help them understand it and kind of welcome them into the grip community. Um, one of the ways we're going to be doing that is when these major competitions, or even if they're small competitions happen, I'm going to be doing recaps with people from those events, kind of breaking down how everybody did, um, results, um, analysis, stuff like that. That way we can pretty much, you know, kind of just measure everybody's performance and just do a recap like you would for anything else. You see these uh, sports shows, they have you know, football, baseball, name the sport. They have panels of people discussing their sport, breaking it down, analyzing it, doing predictions, promoting upcoming shows. And that's just something that we're going to get into as well. So this isn't going to be an interview only show, but just letting you know that uh, there's going to be more to it than athlete interviews. So there's going to be about three or four different dimensions to the show. But for our very first episode, I have Joe Hodson from Australia with me. And just going to welcome you to the show, Joe. Hey, Zach, how are you, man? I've been doing pretty good, man. been looking forward to this for a minute. took me a minute to uh, get everything set up and kind of working, um, but we're good to go now. So yeah, glad to get Fantastic. you on here. Um, if you don't mind, I'm just going to kind of lead in. I guess the first time that I met you, we're, it was online talking, so I didn't meet you in person, but first time we interacted. Um, I remember having uh, the Fat Bastard Barbell Company grab ball. I I was only lifting like 130 pounds and it was falling out of my hand. And I felt stupid because I was looking at all these leaderboard lifts and everybody was doing so much more weight than me. And I was just like, I'm going to get crushed. I'm going to get killed doing this. You know what I mean? I just felt stupid. I'm like, there has to be something. So like one of the things I did was I went to like the, uh, the most recent King Kong results scrolled to the top and was like who's who lives the most on this shit you know what i mean and it was like arno geronin like joe hodson and i was like okay like let me reach out to this dude and just see if he messages me back so first time i reached out to you i was like hey like what do you, what do you do on the grab ball like aside from climbing background and some other stuff that we may get into but uh i hit you up for some advice on the grab ball and you instantly helped me out and started giving me tips and there was no hesitation. So I thought that was cool being kind of a newer guy in the sport and reaching out to somebody that I looked up to as kind of like, Oh man, this guy's been placing high and doing very well, you know, like several weight class records. 
things of that nature. So I'm like, man, for him to reach back to me, I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. And, you know, he's giving me good advice. So I just want to say thank you for that. But that's the first time we talked. I don't know if you remember that or not. I do remember it. And man, very welcome. Very welcome. That's kind words. Thanks. But yeah, um, so real quick, I know we're going to get into grip sport and talking about different feats of strength and kind of the training that goes along with all that. But if you could, I know you've done it before, but if you could just give the listeners kind of a brief intro to, you know, what were you doing prior to finding out about this sport or finding out that it was even a competition? What kind of stuff were you into? Man, I've been into like heaps of stuff and um, not all sort of mainstream. I played soccer as a kid. And then um, when I was a teenager, I found rock climbing. And I got right into that and I took it really seriously and uh, did that for a lot of years. And that was my main focus. And um, anyone that's really into rock climbing knows it turns into a lifestyle. You pretty much um, choose what you're going to do with your life so that you can go climbing as much as possible. It's, it's just one of those super addictive things. You, you, you get bitten and you want to do it or you don't. And I kind of came in... I came and left rock climbing a lot over the years, consistently doing it. I got into like timber sports for a year or two there. And okay, it's so um, like lumberjack stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like wood soaring and yeah. Yeah. I, I've never done it. I mean, I split wood and stuff like that, but I yeah. I love watching like the the timber sports games and stuff where they're running saws or they're the only one I wouldn't do because I hate heights is when they like knock the wedges in and they climb up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a fan. That's but no, I, I think it's I think it's cool as hell that you did that. Like I'm kind of jealous of that one. Man, it was cool. I was doing a job at the time. I was like, um, you know, tree lopping, and and the guy that ran the company did it, and I saw him training with the axe. I'm like, man, I always want to have a go at that. So we used to show um, at the Easter show here in Australia every year. Um, they used to have wood chopping, and I'm like that is cool, man. And for whatever reason, I always got attracted to sharp things like axes and knives and whatever else. And, um, can't really explain that, but anyway, this is wood chopping and I got to have a go and I was really bad at it. I was really slow and um, <laughs> it was, it's not that like in, in training, I, I got the saw jammed and then it gave and it caught my arm and ripped a big chunk off the top of my forearm and I was up the hospital. And, and then another time I, I spent hours sharpening this axe and um, my friend was going to come pick me up. He was running a bit late and I was like, I'll just try that axe out. So I went down and had a go in the driveway and the axe came down and where I cut the V, it hit on a funny angle and it sheared off and it went straight across and cut the top off my left big toe, straight through wow. the nail and everything and just skimmed the bone. I'm guessing again, no, no, no steel toes? <laughs> no steel toes? No, well, they don't really encourage steel toes in wood chopping because yeah. if the axe comes down, it can take the top of your toe off. But if it hits the steel toe, it'll ricochet off and can take that whole other foot off. So you'd rather wow. lose a bit of this toe than that whole other foot. Okay. So yeah, yeah. they do have chainmail socks and stuff like that, but I obviously didn't have that. <laughs> so I, I couldn't walk for about a month. I got plastic surgery and uh, I was lucky I didn't hit the bone or I would have lost the top of my big toe and had to learn how to yeah. walk again. And Anyway, I got sort of scared after that and gave that away, but then went back to rock climbing when my toes started being all right again. And um, this whole time I was, you know, training finger grip strength, stuff like that. And over the years, like, even though I came and went from rock climbing, 
because um, you don't always have time to go climbing. It can take hours to go for a climb. And I just kept training the whole time and loved the training. And even even if I stopped climbing for five years, I'd still be doing the finger training. Yeah. And then um, I think I've said before that it was during COVID. I was like, how am I going to keep my fingers strong? And I found the Iron Mind grip tools. And I had grippers previously, but um, never really knew what grip sport was or arm lifting or anything like that. And um, I had a rolling thunder, never really knew how to use that very well. Um, and yeah, I just, I just got hooked on that. I started looking up records and I wasn't too far behind and, um, something about leaderboards, the competitive side of me just wanted to climb up and then, um, reached out to Adam Glass and he was doing all these cool things on inch dumbbells. And I was like, man, where on earth do you get one of them? And then started looking at import costs and that was, that was another world altogether. And um, so I had to get one made here in Australia. My friend Glenn, uh, Glenn Crutley down in Melbourne, he got involved in it. So he's a super strong a dude. Too. He's crazy he's, strong. Yeah, he's he's a strong guy. Yeah, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there that like yeah, I've seen yeah. him lift some stuff too. He's but both you guys yeah. are strong. You guys got a pretty good crew out there um, in Australia yeah. with all your lifters. But yeah, so you met him pretty early or you've known him yeah so i found so i was on instagram and i was posting some stuff and i can't remember if he reached out to me or i reached out to him but we hit it off pretty quickly we're talking about inch dumbbells and how expensive it was and then we went down the path of getting one made and we found a foundry here that were not super easy to deal with and we got a, a pattern made and we got them to make two dumbbells one each and then um, they turned out perfect, but five kilos heavier than an inch. And okay. so um, yeah. when they came, I was ready to lift an inch, but this thing was five kilos or 10 pounds heavier. And I got it to about knee height and dropped it. And it, it took about three months after that before I could actually lock it out. But that, uh, I mean, there's still, uh, I keep going. Yeah. I was just going to say, we tried to contact the foundry and they've got no interest in making more. So we, we've got the two, the, the, the only two ever made me and him have got one each and and that's it but but yeah lifting uh lifting a bell that that weight that high right off i mean that's that's serious like that's pretty world-class grip strength right out the gate you know what i mean yeah in a way i mean if you were to take that to most people because like um man the the first time i touched an inch dumbbell the shit didn't move i mean yeah they, they dropped it off like in the parking lot out in a gravel parking lot and I was looking at it and this was like a true, like 172, just under 173. And yeah. I remember like, obviously I, you know, I wasn't like chalked up or warmed up and, and blah, blah, blah. I could make any excuse, right? It doesn't, I don't think it would have mattered. Um, the thing did not move at all, at all. And I was kind of thinking like, shit, like maybe this isn't for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like I had those doubts, like maybe this just isn't one of those feats that, uh, you know, that, that I'm going to ever be able to do, you know, that, that's kind of like the doubt that it kind of first like hit me with, you know what I mean? Cause I just did, I didn't have any, like, Oh, I got it to my knees. It was like, I didn't even budge yeah. this thing and get it to spin. So it's like, maybe I just wasted some time and money. Um, but what I was going to mention <laughs> about <laughs> no legit, like I don't, it had me like, like not like in depression, but I was almost like it's it, it sunk down in the moment. Cause I envisioned me like doing more to it 
and yeah it like it like instantly humbled me and i was just like yeah maybe this is for people that are like 300 pounds with giant hands and you know whatever but uh it's deceptive right <laughs> no it is and but the thing i was going to bring up that uh that was so that was your first inch dumbbell i had had um homemade in okay. style dumbbells so i i got some dumbbells i think one was 45 kilos one was 47 and one was 49 kilos and i i put a 60 mil handle on them i made okay. one i made i put i cut the handle off one and welded it on the outside and then put a 60 mil handle and that ended up being 85 kilos and i also got one and just put a 60 mil handle on it and it was 45 kilos but then i made it loadable mm -hmm. so i could just incrementally make it heavier and heavier the thing with that is the handle was 150 mil long not 100 so when you grab it you know we're near the bell it starts so it's a bell free lift yeah so it was extremely difficult you'd either be like major you'd either be like majorly tilting it or you're like dead center and that's you have right to like, like straight so if you lift, lift it level it's completely bell free which is just so much harder on your grip anyone that's tried it so yeah, sure. i had used my adjustable one and, and i'd lifted um i think up to 80 kilos on it and i was like okay no worries so when we finally got ours made we're like, yep, no worries. The guy said it was 80 kilos, but they weren't. They were 83 kilos. And, okay. and uh, <laughs> that's still a good that's still a cool weight, though. I mean, that's a good weight to have. Oh. I mean, so that's, yeah, that's like almost perfect. But the thing, the other point I was going to bring up about having that um, being like more than an inch, you know, or the typical Thomas inch dumbbell standard weight, like 172, um, is just kind of starting when you start with the bar kind of high, or that's what you're first exposed to. I think that's a good thing for grip. Because like yeah. with, with me, I didn't know, you know, I've started finding out about the videos. Like you said, you know, I, I similar, I saw Adam glass doing things. I saw Jed Johnson's yeah. videos on YouTube. So uh, those are two very common people that a lot of that's a lot of people's gateway into this sport or this hobby, or, you know what I mean? This yeah. world. So I started watching those guys lifting, you know, the bells and the blobs. And uh, I didn't know much about the, I, I just knew like the feet, like, okay, lift a fat man blob. So, you know, I, I didn't even think about like the application of training with smaller ones. I was like, I just want to do that one. So like yeah. my first couple blobs I purchased. So like, I had no reference for anything of like, well, what I could see it in video, but in person, like yeah. the first two blobs I purchased was a red pill and a fat man blob. So like, that's all I had to go by. Whereas, you Shut know, up, some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's good because it's like, that's kind of your expectation. And then you can always drop down and be like, oh, this is an 80 or a 90. But I think yeah. it can be a little disheartening for guys when they get like, oh, I have a 60 and a 70 and an 80. And then you bring out that like giant feet and they're like, holy shit, like this is, it, it almost makes it seem like more of a mountain. So like, if you start kind of with the false feet, confidence yeah so when you kind of start high like with the you know like you said you uh, first get into the sport you find out about it i know for a fact your personality when you started checking records lists you weren't looking at the bottom you didn't check 25th place <laughs> right oh no, man you, you're no, like man. who's at the top who's the top yeah. in my weight class who's the top no weight you know you know open weight class and so that's what I, I think that having that 83 kilo bell kind of being the first one made is like, it just raises your level because it's like, that's what you're trying to lift. So you set the bar high and it's just going to work out for you because that's what you're first exposed to. And it just, it kind of puts you, 
I don't know, like if the strongest guy around you can only lift a hundred pounds, you think a hundred pounds is good. But if you're around yeah. guys lifting three, 400, whatever, you know, and I'm just naming random yeah. lifts, it could be anything. Just having the bar yeah. high with those feats, I think is important because it puts it into perspective right out the gate and you don't get misled or you don't kind of cheat yourself. Does that make sense to you at all? Man, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think the fact that I could get it to my knee height just lit a fire in me. And, and I'm not, I'm not gonna, um, I'll be honest, man. I had some rough patches when I got it from the casting. Yeah. So I was utilizing that. And then I was like, no, no, nah, man, that's not how I'm lifting this thing. So then I went home and I filed it round. So it was perfectly round, perfectly smooth, and there was no way to make it easier. And then it took three months. So, okay. <laughs> but, but like the list you were talking about, I was looking at the top. And at the top, well, the list that I was looking at was the hub. And at the okay. very top was, was Harry Tollinan. Yeah. And so I was, I reached out to him. I was like, Hey man, I know you're the world record holder, whatever. I'd love some tips if you've got any time. And man, he was just straight back, told me everything he knew. And I was like, man, that's how I'm going to be. Anyone ever wants info. I'm an open book, man. Like that was so cool the way he helped and he was so approachable and so happy. And I was like, man, that's, you know, that's, that's the top guy and that's how he is. And that's yeah. rad. You know, no, that's, I mean? that's, like, that's a good example. And I could say, uh, yeah. I, I've had similar experience. I didn't talk to him about the hub, but yeah. every time I've spoke with him, um, typically messaging and stuff, um, he, he's been super supportive and super helpful. Like I said, so it's, yeah. that, that's one thing I would bring up to um, beginners or anybody that's new, I guess, to this sport or this, this lane of strength training yeah. is that uh, it's a pretty welcoming community because if you can look at these guys that hold world records and are at the top, I mean, I've had talks with so many guys that have world records or have done feats that, you know, barely anyone else can replicate. And yeah. I have not had a single issue with any of them. Um, as far as them giving me info, being real down to earth. Whereas like, if you go to some of these other sports, if you think like your favorite sports player is going to like give a shit about you or help you out with your <laughs> technique, like, dude yeah right <laughs> yeah like you know what i mean so what i think that's, about? <laughs> yeah they, they're not even looking your direction so i think that's yeah. one thing that's still good i mean yes we want the sport to grow to a point where maybe it is a little more mainstream accepted more exposure bigger events blah 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 but that is one thing with it kind of being a smaller sport that i think is cool is that you truly do have access to some of the strongest hands that yeah. have ever walked the face of the earth and, yeah. and you can reach out and directly talk to them. So it's like, and, and yeah. they're pretty much going to talk back and they're very respectful and helpful. So like, there's almost no excuse to not get better or not get stronger when, yeah. you know, you're, you're in that community and that's the, the kind of the culture, you know what I mean? So just something oh, for new lifters. I think it's a common goal for everyone to grow it a bit. It's so tiny. And, you know, you get someone super late and they're like, hang on a minute this guy's interested in my sport and that's pretty rare man like <clears throat> if you if you follow 200 people that into grip well that's probably the only 200 people that are into grip not just yeah. the top 200 <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of it's 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 great man like everyone kind of knows everyone you know for sure yeah and definitely I, I love that i love that about it you know yeah it, it's, it's almost it's, like we're it, it's big enough to where you can say like, okay, guys have done things that no other human has done. Yeah. 
but at the same time it's not like uh so big that it's i don't know like oversaturated or it's like lost its soul or you know what i mean yeah there's other stuff that almost becomes too uh gotta think of how to word this um just oversaturated too much content too much social media it's just it almost becomes it's it's like it loses its integrity diluted yeah 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 exactly and i think right now for the most part even if it's just underground fetists that are doing their you know their pursuits on their own um if it's guys that are looking to compete it's uh it's still a pretty good still a pretty good time to be involved in grip and i think hopefully it's only going to get better but uh yeah just an observation I, I you know what i mean there's a lot of other sports that i think they i don't know they start changing rules they start doing something different it starts becoming more about the money and it kind of loses its pureness yeah and, and i don't think that we have to worry about necessarily money becoming the issue in, in grip. <laughs> <laughs> Only the availability of it to buy more gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, that's the only that's the only money issue with grip is where can I find some yeah, more so right. I can buy more stuff, right? Um, yeah, no, no one's going to question your motivation. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, one one thing. No one's uh, going to sell out. <laughs> <laughs> like me, I've I've made like a hundred one-time purchases. Like yeah. that's my thing. Like my, my, my garage is full of like a hundred one-time purchases. Like, well, I got to get this one because it's the, it's the fat man. It's rare. Da, da, da. And it's like the next week, it'll be the same thing. Well, but I don't have this one in this increment. And it's like <laughs> another one-time purchase. It's like, it just never ends. So yeah, grip, uh, very similar to like you talked about kind of uh, getting drawn in with climbing and almost being a lifestyle. I think a lot of people, when they kind of get bit with grip, they feel the same way. They, uh, yeah you know you, you just you keep there's there's so much stuff you just find out about it you buy everything you eventually kind of realize you don't need all that shit and you kind of get rid of you know you you, you, you kind of narrow it down but for the yeah. most part um everybody kind of goes a little haywire i think in the beginning um well, it looks it it seems on the surface it seems like you don't need much but as you get into it there's a lot of stuff available man and 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 when you you look at these people training and they've got this cool grip wall of all the stuff and you're like man i've got hardly anything i need more stuff you know and then just recently i've been finding that i don't really need all that i don't i don't i don't really need 10 rolling handles to train rolling handle like as long as i've got sort of one of each size man that's close enough because if if you can if you're training for a competition, well until you get there, you don't know the condition of the handle anyway, do you? If you're using your crusher and it's and it's rusty and caked in chalk, well you're used to that number. But if you get there and it's slick and slippery and no chalk, or the metal's really cold, or 15 people have lifted before you, well your number's going to be completely different anyway. So absolutely, the number you're doing at home, that sort of reference is kind of irrelevant. It definitely can be. And I would say (laughs) most experienced guys. And like I said, I'm still myself. um, I've pulled some good lifts off. um, So I'm not trying to play it necessarily, but I'm I'm still relatively new. I think a lot of people have the misconception that like I've been doing grip for 10 years myself. And it's like, I've really only been competing two years. So um, I, I definitely know what you mean when you kind of have this, idea of your training numbers and your training maxes going into a competition 
and then you yeah. get there and it's just like this isn't like my bar this doesn't feel like my handle a lot of the equipment is still standardized and it's you know it's it's the proper equipment but due to you know humidity weather conditions uh, whatever yeah. you know stuff just changes sometimes so um i'm pretty sure if you talk to any experienced person they can definitely guarantee that you know if they've been to a competition they've had those days where like they fell 10 15 pounds shy of what they wanted on multiple things and it just wasn't their day you know what i mean so i definitely yeah, I, my my theory is um if you've got four lifts i open somewhere within 10 percent of my pr Mm-hmm. And if I get within 5% of it, maybe, maybe below, maybe it, maybe over, that's a great result on the day, you know, but yeah. you really want to get one on the board. <laughs> well, oh, for sure. Now, uh, that, that leads me to another question. Um, yeah. Have you ever, and I'm talking like sanctioned competition now, so that could be King Kong or any other sanctioned competition you've done. Um, yeah. Have you ever fully just bombed in zero to lift? Just straight zero, yeah. Mr. Opener, just jump too high and just zeroed it all? Uh, nearly. I think it was King Kong 21 okay. or maybe 22. I, I opened too high on the little big horn. And my first attempt, failed. Second attempt, <laughs> failed. Third attempt, failed. Going in, like my heart wow. was sinking. And I was like, Whoa. oh, my goodness. Like, and this was a number that it was just a warm-up number to me, but again on the day and yeah and it's, it's a friction lift man that again i just say just a friction lift some of those friction lifts yeah. can be for sure finicky totally, totally. So. and with five seconds to go on my fourth attempt i, I always did a little bighorn right hand and on five seconds ago i thought what have i got to lose went left hand and i did it and i hit the bar and i was like okay. oh my god <laughs> yeah it was but yeah i man that was really close but after that i was like man never again i i open i open safe get on the board now now get better and you know i I can make fairly distant jumps because you've got the confidence yeah like once you've got one on the board you're like okay now i can go for it i want to get the best one i can on the board but i'm not going to get zero like if you get zero in one event man that's going to bring your numbers way down like if you're 15 20 15 and then 100, wow, oh, yeah. everyone that got 40, 40, 40 is going to beat you. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, for, um, for kind of competition training, I guess just to kind of pick your brain a little bit about how you would prepare. Um, and, and I just want your take on it. A lot of people will have these PR numbers in their head for events, yep. but yep. they trained them on separate days. And they didn't do them consecutively in competition, you know, order or all within the same session. Um, I was just curious, do you ever, like, if you have a competition coming up, do you ever do a day where you actually mix each lift in where you're, um, you know what I mean? Kind of testing the events in order to see how each event kind of fatigues the next one. Because I, I think a lot of people train and they get these really high numbers but it's the only thing they lifted that day. And then they get, you know, and then they do another handle and then they get a really high number and then they have all these PRs going in. And then they think that if they just do them all the same day, that all four of them are just going to go up or all five events are going to go up. And it's like, (laughs) 
that that couldn't be like further from the truth. So like, what's your take on that? And uh, kind of how do you make sure that your training kind of carries over into that platform or that yeah. competition setting? Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, if I'm months away, I might do, I might do one, one tool. Time-wise, I've got kids and work and stuff like that. If I've only got half an hour, I might do a little big horn. If I've got an hour, I might do a little big horn and crush up, mm -hmm. you know. But leading up to the event, I'll make sure I do all four events in each session. Okay. And, and I'll also mix the order. So if, even if I know what order they are on the day, if hubs last, I'll do it first and then whatever else. And so, like, when in your training session have you ever got four PRs in any lift? Yeah. So how can you, how can you possibly expect to do that on a day with all the other added pressure and you know? So basically, I'll try and max out. So if if I wanted a hundred on Little Bighorn, I'd be trying to get hundred and ten in training because I know by the time it's my third or fourth lift, plus hours of sitting around, plus I don't know about you, man, but I get excited. So I don't sleep the night before comps. I'm just wired, ready to go. So. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm probably dehydrated. You're conscious of your weight, your weight class. You've got so many factors going in. So basically I try to get as much as I can in training so that I can get a number I'm happy with on the day. Okay. So if I'm, if my PR is 110, man, I'm aiming for a hundred on the day. Gotcha. Does that make so, sense to get yeah, within that? Yeah. I mean, you're basically understanding that you might not hit that hundred percent or that sure. 100, 100 plus but if you sure. can consistently kind of land those 95 percent or maybe a pr and right. one lift and then kind of just kill it with consistency and can't yeah can can i get within 10 percent if i've only got 80 percent energy in the tank because i did lifts before it and yeah you know and not just that but even if you're the last person to lift like in a rising bar thing you're not sitting there you're helping people load weights and you're moving around and you're talking to people and you're putting the weight on and off the scales and there's a lot going on you're not sitting there with your hands nice and warm and dry and yeah <laughs> and doing nothing like and and it's it's kind of stressful and you know sometimes the longer you wait man your brain can start playing tricks on yourself if you see some other strong people drop lifts for example you're like whoa Hang on, Maybe man. I should open now. Yeah. <laughs> I've been sitting exactly. out. <laughs> yeah. Especially exactly. if you know the lifter. Yeah. If you know the yeah, lifter, you see them start struggling. It's like, hold on. I was yeah. going to sit out another 10 or 20 pounds, but I think I need to get in here and get my hands on this thing for, before I bomb out. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, he lives, you know, he might live 20% more than me, but he's opening with 10% less than me. I'm like, has he thought of something I haven't thought of? Like, <laughs> yeah. No, it, it can definitely throw you off. And I think that the, that's where the, kind of lifting in person and yeah. that uh strategy and the kind of the mental games and stuff like that 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 kind of becomes more of a factor in competition yeah. um but to kind of steer away from competition one of yeah. the things i wanted to bring up was kind of discussing with you and i know this is a topic um we've touched on but i wanted to really kind of break it down a little bit more was uh should gym lifts or should training lifts be recognized? So we kind of hit on competition lifts. Competition is it's, it's recorded. It's sanctioned. There's rules there. You know what I mean? There's judges. It's, 
it counts. Yeah. There's, there's no debate that it counts. There, there's a database. It's a thing. And you know what I mean? No one's like, oh, that lift didn't count because it was at a competition with 20 witnesses and it met all the, you know, like no one's really questioning yeah. those lifts. Now, how much credit or I guess credibility do we give to training lifts or how much do training lifts mean or how much should we recognize them? Would you say? It's a tough question, man. That's a okay. tough question because everyone is great at some lifts on their day, right? So some days I can go down and lift my fat man, no problem. And other days it's, it's a battle. And is it more impressive that I did it on the day I battled or the day I did it easy? True. So the problem, I guess one of the problems is how do you document it? Like, does that make sense? No, I, yeah, definitely. Like you've got a competition that's sanctioned and everyone's compiled it. And then there's like, oh, okay, has, has Zach lifted the inch? Okay, well, I can see on his video he has. Has he lifted the inch, you know? Is this recorded somewhere? Is someone taking note? Like, why is it the big lifts, the big historical lifts? Everyone knows about them. Like, you know what I mean? No, no yeah. one said, hey, hey, when Lane Snook did the double millennium lift, okay. like, yeah, yeah. does it count? Of course it counts. Was he, you know, was he yeah. in competition? Was the date lined up? Had it been organized? No one really asks that. They just said, did Absolutely. he do it? Yeah, and he did it. He was the first to do it. That's cool as hell. Now, sorry. I, I don't know if I, uh, I, think it, I think it has to count, but I sorry, I, no, I think it has to count, but I just I think it's almost a separate category. And now, would you say that like how you mentioned kind of like a Millennium dumbbell lift or something like that, um, more on the feet side? Now, let's say it's a competition lift and they're doing it in their training. Is it like until you do that on the platform, it really doesn't mean anything, or like how like how, how, you know, how much credit do we give that? Because I feel like there's a difference in training between like feet category, like, you know, yeah. like feats and competition lifts, whereas feats are kind of like, uh, there's not a, like, there's no governing body for that anyway. So if you do it, like no one can really take that away from me. I know that I did it. I don't need anyone else's yeah. approval for a feat. Yeah. Unless you're, unless you're maybe claiming something that nobody else has ever done like a double millennium yeah. lift, you know what I mean? Like then maybe it's a little more important, but if you're just like lifting the inch and you know, you lifted the inch, you know what I mean? It's like, of course it counts. Um, yeah. But if you're, let's just say maybe you're pulling uh, a huge axle lift, but you're taking unrealistic rest times and you're no one else is touching that bar and you're just on your own pace and you're not, you know, being rushed by, you know, Hey, it's your turn. You're up. Okay. You're not recovered. Who cares? You're up. You know, it's like, what I'm saying is how much credit do we give to some of these amazing gym lifts? You know, how much do they really count for? Or is it kind of like on the platform or nothing? It's that's, just training. That's hard, man, because a training lift is 100% in your control. You know, the condition of the handle, you've been able to get it how you want it. You've been able to control the, the amount of rest you've had how many days off you've had, you know. You go down and train this morning because I slept great last night. Or yeah. I go down and train this morning and I slept 
crap last night, the night before a competition, you really don't have much control how you sleep. So it's true. I think it, I think they definitely need to be recognized, but there needs to be, you know, differentiated. If that yeah. makes sense. Like, I just don't know. Again, I don't know how you document it. You know, yeah, you've I mean, lifted I... the fat man. I've lifted the fat man. He did it with three fingers. He did it with two fingers. Is that recorded somewhere? Does that, you know, does that mean anything? Yeah, I I think that's more you, where you know it's I mean? like, uh, yeah, I think and that's where it's almost more of a uh, personal endeavor or like a personal yeah. goal. Yeah. Um, whereas I guess where I would steer the question now would be like guys that are lifting more in their garage than like maybe what a record is and claiming that like, oh, well, I'm lifting more than that record, but it's under their ideal conditions, under their ideal rest periods, their implement, no one else touching it. They're, they're the only one getting the state, you know, they're the only one on that, that stage or that platform at the time lifting in their house or wherever. Um, yeah. So if it's not a feat and it's like a contest implement and someone's pulling those numbers, to me, it's almost kind of like, until you show up on neutral ground and yeah. pull it within those limited attempts with the other people's eyes on you and, you know, kind of real life in 3d, not that the video's fake, I get it. You lifted it, but yeah, until you, until you kind of get in that atmosphere where maybe you didn't sleep well, maybe you don't feel good that day. You know what I mean? Um, yeah how do you feel about that? Like maybe guys are like consistently in training, they're lifting world records, but yet they never come to break them in a competition. You know what I mean? That's kind of been a thing in the past or it's, I don't know. I mean, do you have any like take on that topic or is it just kind of like, you know, Hey, you lifted it at your house and that counts for what it is. And we just differentiate. I know exactly what you're saying. And I train by myself a lot and I know when there's 10 people watching me, it's different. I don't necessarily lift worse, but you're in a different mental state, you know? Um, on that note, but I've held record breakers at my house with myself and a few friends mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a training lift almost, except the fact that I've reached out to the GSI and I've reached out to David Horn. I've nominated the date. So I've said it's going to be on the 31st. Yeah. And again, you've, you've locked in the date and leading up to it, you know, there's a lot of factors that are out of your control. So you are actually turning up and doing it on the day, on the day. That you've nominated yeah. with factors out of your control but it is still my handle in my garage true and maybe my mate was lifting on it doing his record as well but you know in between i didn't have 15 other sets of hands on it i had only my hands from between my four attempts yeah so but you got but you, but you also got to earn that because you got to be strong enough to have everybody else fall out first well <laughs> yeah, <I> get <laughs> you, you get what i'm saying right I, yeah <laughs> if, if, if I, you're gonna follow yourself in an event you're I probably do. pretty damn strong you know what i'm saying or I that's do. a good lift for you yeah man yeah yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean but no one else is running these things here so yeah. it was like well i want the record i'm gonna have to run it myself well, what am i gonna do i'm gonna have a competition well i know what everyone lifts and i know what order they're gonna go in if yeah. i make it a record breakers we can have our lifts count we can still try and get the records and you know, we're participating in the sport and we're helping it grow and we're helping it get out there. And, um, you know, there's people follow me that um, not really into grip. 
they see a thing and they go, what's that cool thing? I wonder if I'd be good at that. There'd be people watching your video right now that have gone, what's this? What's this? It looks like the head of a dumbbell. Why, why is he doing that? But he's thinking at the same time, he's thinking, could I do that? You know? Yeah, for sure. So, now, oh, no, keep going. Yeah. I think they have to count, but again, unless you're going to make it an official day by talking to sanctioning bodies and giving notice and, um, you know, it's got to be different. Kind of setting sense. a window for it. You are. You're setting a window. You're giving yourself a deadline. You can't just have like the greatest day of your life and you happen to film it and be like, oh, that that counts now. Yeah. It's it's yeah, just kind of like hindsight's 2020. It's like, well, yeah, you already did the lift and now you get to like win. It's like, well, that's yeah. not how it works when you're on the spot, you know. So yeah, like I think I think David asked for a month's notice when he's okay. when you're gonna hold a, a thing like that. And I might I might hit the world record right now and I'm like, okay, I want to go for it. Can I still do it in a month? I don't know. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. There's a lot of things that can happen in a month. And, you know, and if you're near your peak, it's, it's, it can be pretty easy to injure yourself when you're lifting at your maximum capacity. Especially and if you're doing multiple implements. I mean, if you like, yeah, trying to bring, yeah. bring all levels up at the same time on multiple handles. Some things don't For mix sure. so well. So. For sure. Yeah. Um, one question um, I wanted to bring up also was, um, just because we're kind of talking about gym lifts, um, sanctioning, how to sanction a little bit, you know what I mean? Or making sure that lifts are official versus gym lifts. Um, yeah. You mentioned um, a future goal of yours would be to host a sanctioned nationals for Australia. Yep. And is that something that you would be looking to do next year, this year? Um, is, is that just... Um, you know, you don't have, you don't have you know, no deadline, just no, it's a pipe dream at the moment. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know how to begin to organize it. I, um, I don't know. It's so small here Rip, yeah. that I feel like you tell me 10, you tell me 10 implements and I'll tell you the order people are going to lift. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I almost know the results because it's so small here. So you you already uh, kind of, uh, it would almost be a little bit biased because based on the implements, you can pretty much, like, we don't need to go through all these lifts. We already know who got what place. I, yeah, that's how it feels at the moment. Okay. There, there's not 60, there's not, there's not 60 people neck and neck that are in similar weight classes. I gotcha. don't even think, I, I, I think the, the vast majority of weight classes would be one person. Like, I don't know that there's anyone else in Australia in my weight class that I'd be lifting against. So pretty much just competing against yourself and yeah, and I, I won nationals and it's like, Hey, where's the other people on that podium? Oh, it was the sure. one. I was the only one in my class. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Ex exactly. Right. So if I said, Hey, it's going to be an evil hub. Well, it doesn't matter what weight class, you know, um, I'm going to win my weight class and so-and-so is going to win theirs. And if there's no weight class, Glenn Hunter's going to win. And if we're going to lift heavy dumbbells, well, I'm going to win my class and so-and-so is going to win theirs. But if there's no weight class, I know Luke Reynolds is going to win that. So I, yeah, so there's not enough people to, you know, in, in, the, in the classes to have a proper competition. And if there's not classes, well, I already, I'm 99% I'm sure I can tell you exactly how it's going to go down number-wise anyway and, and yeah. ranking. So, 
So do you, do you think the answer to that would be to uh, just try to continue growing the sport until you feel like you have more, uh, yeah. more interest or more, more bodies, more uh, higher quality lifters that maybe could kind of make it a little interesting. Um, do you think that's what it would oh, take? Maybe just more kind of more quantity, but also a little bit of quality with it to kind of pressure guys a little bit. I, I would never say that we need higher quality lifters. We've, we've got great quality lifters here. And I don't know that that's what makes the competition so great. Okay. Like to, to, to me, I want everyone to have fun and, you know, I don't everyone, I, I don't want someone to rock up and go, Oh man, I'm, I suck. Like that's, that would be yeah. terrible for I, someone to walk that's... away and, and, and that would yeah. squash your sight quicker than not lifting an inch if you went in there with 15 people and you felt you know like what am i doing here why did i come that would be awful so yeah. if there was more people and you know if if they were not great lifters but they pushed each other man that's perfect right you just get a better competitive environment exactly regardless of the level there's competition there's yeah and, and with grip having a variety of implements there's there's a chance for somebody to be good at something and, and squeak an event out no matter what, you know? So yeah, that, that makes sense. Now. So, so, so um, quantity would be mine would okay. be something that would need to build quantity, not quality, not, not okay. so much quality. Now, do you think that aside from yourself, do you think there are any other people, I guess, Aussie lifters um, that are promoting or trying to kind of bring things up to maybe up the quantity as well, or. Is yeah, it kind for of sure. Stagnant? Okay, you think there's okay. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's a bit tricky to do. It takes time because I think it takes time. I think it takes time, and it's a bit tricky. Like you either like me, and you see an inch, and you go, "What is that thing? I wonder if I could lift it." And then you're like, "Man, I'm going to do whatever I can to make that happen." Or you're going to get people to go, hmm. "It's a dumbbell. Why on earth would you want to lift that?" Yeah. So I've, I think it's just a matter of time until enough people see it. And there's definitely people here, you know, putting it out there, posting stuff, making videos, doing lifts, trying to organize little meets. And it, like I said, it's microscopic, but, you know, okay. even like Ben Cozzi, has got such a big climbing audience. When he posts something, well, now thousands of people see it. Yeah. You know, um, so no, I'm, I'm not the only one promoting it. If, gotcha. Um, now with that being said, like moving forward to look for like the quantity or a potential nationals, um, in Australia, do you have anybody that you would like team up with? Do you think you would try to run that solo or do you think you would kind of get together with maybe a group of other people and kind of get on the same page, maybe to kind of like, I guess, lighten the burden on yourself a little bit when it comes to managing a nationals, would you try to run it and lift? Or would you kind of get with other lifters and maybe, uh, I don't know, kind of spread out the duties? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I'd have to delegate for something like that. I I, I think it, I'd, I'd have to have the judges completely impartial. So I don't think I could run it myself anyway. Gotcha. That's probably a good it, thing it, as well. It, it would be far too easy to say, oh, that lift didn't count. Oh, my one did. It was like well look kind of similar to me yeah <laughs> <So>. <laughs> for sure so I, 
Uh, not only would I not know how to organize it, I'd obviously have to get some people that were impartial, kind of interested, um, had some experience in running competitions, event management, you know, it'd need to be promoted. I wouldn't know how to do that. You know, I'm going to have a competition. That's great. Five people turn up and then the five people I know. (laughs) No, for sure. That makes sense. Um, Yeah. But you're running a big competition soon. So how... Have you delegated any of that out or are you guys just running that yourselves or uh, me and Ben, how you do? me and Ben Helms are going to co-host it. It's heavy hands. Um, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be September 9th. Ben came up with that name. So all credit to Ben for naming the competition heavy hands. That is yeah. Ben's name. I'm not taking any credit. Um, so cool, <laughs> cool, cool name. Good idea. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so heavy hands, 2023. Um, September 9th, it's going to be in Charlottesville, Virginia. And yeah. so far, we have a pretty good amount of signups. we got about 20 people signed up. And I'm not saying everybody will show up. And I'm not saying that more people won't sign up. And it could get closer to 25 or 30. But uh, yeah, there's awesome. going to be a decent amount of people there and um, anticipating some pretty big lifts and on some um, implements or bars and stuff that maybe haven't been used in a while or you know what I mean? Oh. Kind of just just a different mix. Um, one thing I we kind of wanted to bring back was the uh, the Andrews Axle by Fat Bastard Barbell Company. I believe they contested it. It's a two and three eighths inch axle. So oh, cool. your, your standard standard axles two inches roughly or one point nine depending on the company. But this is yeah. two and three eighths, so you're looking at like an inch dumbbell size axle. Cool. Where a lot of guys in grip will bitch when giant strong men come over on a two inch axle and pull bigger numbers than them because, Oh, it's just about body strength. And it's not about grip because the diameter is two inches and you know, there, there's that debate, but then it's like, yeah. well, the two and three eights definitely we felt kind of, uh, I guess kind of levels the playing field because it kind of puts more emphasis on the grip than the body. So we kind of make it more about the hand strength. It's still a, a heavy body lift, but not compared to most people's deadlift you know what i mean um you're gonna gonna it's gonna be some technique involved absolutely but we thought that that was kind of a cool one to kind of bring back because i believe they contested that like it might have been at like 2019 legends which was a big competition that uh that they hosted um but i believe the competition might even have been unsanctioned so it Uh, okay (laughs) they, they, they tracked it the bar's been used but it hasn't been used in a long time and we kind of wanted to bring back that bar for multiple yeah. reasons, kind of just because it's a cool piece. And uh, yeah. just so you, you don't pull the same two inch axle and it's kind of like, well, the bigger body weight guys are always going to, or the bigger hand people are always going to pull more. It's like, I, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Just trying to level the playing field a bit and change it up. Yeah. But, uh, Great idea. but back to the original topic there, I'll reel myself in a bit. Um, yeah. Um, I believe that Ben, we have some people kind of delegated to do some other stuff. I'll probably yeah. mainly be kind of running the uh, the weight jumps and uh, scorekeeping, making sure that I'm, yeah. you know, keeping track of who hit what lift, who missed what, what's the next jump type stuff. Have some That's other so people, have other people kind of doing the plate loading. <laughs> I believe Ben is going to probably be doing most of the judging now two of the four lifts are two lockout because we have an axle lift and we have a Saxon lift. So anytime you're pulling to lockout, it gets a little more, you know, the judge has to be a little more involved than with a crossbar. So 
mostly that'll probably uh, probably be Ben judging for the most part. But when Ben takes his attempts, we have to designate another judge or somebody like that. You know what I mean? To kind of keep everything even yeah. and fair. But yeah, no, we're we're going to be doing some involvement and that'll be a little bit different for me. I've hosted before, but it's been smaller. Haven't really hosted yeah. a bigger competition where, you know, I got to really run numbers and be moving around. Um, I watched Jed do it at nationals. Doesn't look easy. Um, Man, it's going to be tough. Cause you're going to have like 20 guys that are psyched and happy and talking and you, they, in the background, they'll be talking about something. It's kind of interesting, but you know, I'm going to be stuck <laughs> at a computer. Like what did you, did he, did he lift it? What number was that? But, uh, no, that, that's an upcoming uh, competition that we really wanted to kind of make it an annual thing from now on. And yeah. so far, the feedback's been real good about it. And it seems like the turnout's going to be good. And I, we just want, you know, whether it's beginner lifters, people just finding out about the sport, like we said, exposing it to new people or the best guys to ever do it. We just want to get them all in the same room and just see what happens. You know what I mean? And uh, oh. I think that'll be... I think that'll be good. Now I have a question for you. You might not know the roster because like I'm, I'm looking at signups and stuff, but since you mentioned heavy I wish, hands, I wish I lived 15,000 kilometers closer. <laughs> yeah, no, we would. Yeah. You would definitely be a nice one to throw in the mix. Um, but since you're going to be all the way in Australia while we do it, um, yeah. I know you don't maybe have the full roster in front of you. Do you have maybe a prediction on who you think is going to win? Or do you need me to list the events for you first? <laughs> that way you can kind of know what, what, what's happening. I don't want to put you on the spot too much, but. Why didn't he pick me? <laughs> no, no. You, okay, I, I don't necessarily think I'm going to win these events whatsoever. <laughs> there's, there's just some names that have signed up that I, like you said, kind of like, you know, who's going to lift what a little bit. I'm, I'm not delusional uh, so, about my abilities. So what are the events again and who, and who's entered? Um, it's going to be a uh, two inch arm assassin rolling handle. So the one hand nightmare. So a two inch rolling handle, two and three eighths okay. inch axle, yeah. three inch Saxon bar and iron mine, little bighorn. And if okay. I could say uh, more notable people, um, yeah. if I kind of name bigger weights, Jed Johnson. Yeah. Ben Helms. Yeah. Eric Rusane. Wow. Um, I'm going off the top of my head. Um, Tim Butler coming? Um, I, I don't know if Tim's going to make that trip. I think he had a scheduling okay. issue or something. But yeah, Tim, sure. Tim's always one. If, if, if there's a little bighorn in the lineup, Tim can always kind of shake stuff up with that because yeah, yeah. his little bighorn well, is... Uh, is an equalizer. He's a strong guy, man. He's a strong guy, and his inch lifts are pretty, pretty crazy. And you know, the sixty mil axle that'll suit him pretty good too. Yeah. Um. I, so I, I guess I only named a couple people. I'm kind of naming top about, people. I. Is, I know. Uh, Luke. Luke. Is he coming? I, I don't believe uh, Luke Raymond's coming down. Um, oh, okay. At, at least as far as I'm aware of. Um. I've heard that Nick Sanders might be signing up. Uh, skillet oh. hands. So Nick yeah. Sanders would be another one that could kind of, you know, get in the mix there. But yeah, um, yeah. For, for lighter weight classes, there's guys like uh, Will Reed who has signed up. Um, and he's a, he's a pretty strong and consistent guy, man, especially at those lighter weight classes. Oh, but, yeah, uh, he's super strong. Yeah. But he might end up be com competing against himself, you know, depending on who shows up and stuff like that. But like I said, it, 
it's all to be determined. I, I didn't want to throw you on the spot. We don't have to ramble about a prediction. I just wanted to see if you had like uh, who you th- like who you think would take it, or 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 if you don't want to go so direct as to who would take the overall belt for heavy hands. Do you have like an event winner? Like who do you think is going to win the handle or an axle or just just any prediction? It doesn't have to be super serious. Well, the first three people you named are just, man, that could be any one of them on their day. That could be Jed, that could be Eric, that could be Ben. They're all, you know, Jed's so strong and he's so experienced and and so is Eric. And Ben's just, you know, come out of nowhere and doing stuff that (laughs) I can't even imagine doing. You know, he's just so um, off the block, off the starting blocks. He's just up there, like, Ben might be pretty comfortable being his event, him having a part in the tool selection and stuff. Man, it could be Ben's. Could be Ben's event, I reckon. Yeah, I, 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 that's I reckon possible. He could take it. Yeah, I, but, I, I don't rule him out. But, but, but yeah, but like, like I said, man, you know, like you're not going to be pulling small numbers. Like you're not. You'll be keeping them in check. Um, I yeah. Think, <laughs> Because because Eric's a little bit lighter than Ben, isn't he? So I don't think yeah. they're in the same weight yeah, yeah. class, are they? No, no, no. Yeah, uh, Eric, I believe, is going to be competing in the ninety-three kilo class, so he'd be two hundred and five pounds or less. And then Ben is. Um, I, I'm actually probably going to be above ninety-three. Um, I signed okay. up as ninety-three, but I don't think I'm going to cut down to two hundred five. I'm a little heavy right now. I'm like two ten, two fifteen. I'll yeah. Instead of you know having the hassle of cutting ten pounds. Um, I've done that enough grappling and for fights and stuff and other stuff, just cutting weight. And it's kind of getting to the point where being a little bit older now, I'm not old, but as you get a little older, the cutting 10 and 12 pounds here and there, every other couple months to dude, I'm probably just going to show up at what I weigh and pull, you know what I mean? And that's Man, just I think, what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I think it's probably easier to get stronger than it is to get light again. And I, I think the, you know, the, the crash dieting, it's, it's really unhealthy, you know? And it's, it plays um, such a big part in your mental stability as well. Like, you know, I, I felt like it was kind of holding me back a little bit, cutting weight for some of these competitions. Like when I would do arm lifting USA events and I would cut down to 90 kilos, but I was yeah. walking around, you know, 90 kilos being like 198. Um, yeah. But, you know, I might've been 212, 213, yeah. You know, going into that but i have ex- i have experience cutting weight so it's not like i'm just like oh i don't know what i'm doing and, oh i know i know you know what i mean I so i i know how to cut the weight but that still doesn't mean that it's yeah. not some effort and it still doesn't mean that it may not affect your performance you know what i mean even yeah. if you cut weight well it it's still a thing that's got to be done you know what i mean it just doesn't disappear so I, that's kind of one of my reasons oh. for maybe saying goodbye to 90 for sure and maybe even saying goodbye to 93 and kind of just hanging out if i compete arm lifting usa i might keep it under that 100 kilo 220 or lighter and no no problem for grip sport because it's 105 105 kilos which is 231 so you and me mate (laughs) yeah we might end up yeah we're we're gonna end up in the same class right um yeah 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 (laughs) just uh make sure there's no grab ball and uh <laughs> no 104 kilogram bell yeah yeah, yeah. those are my two stipulations <laughs> if we got to go face to face you don't get them you don't get your hall millennium bell and yeah. uh you can't use the grab ball 
I'll probably still and, get my ass kicked at everything else, but it probably no, won't be no as way. bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no uh, way. So just to kind of keep things rolling on um, yeah. with everything, uh, just kind of want to tap into your uh, future training goals. So right now, um, how's training been going? And are your training goals more competition-based or feet-based? I don't really know right now, to be honest. I feel a Just bit a lost. Okay. I, um, I'm not particularly psyched for competitions. I'm just trying to – I was doing a lot of those lifts on the 104, and I noticed my back was getting a bit sore, and I just sort of um, just took a bit of time out with the heavy lifting like that. Like, it's, it's a lot of weight for me, but it's also very low to the ground. It's very technique-specific. Yeah. Um, my, my arm, I think the way that the bell forks your arm was doing something funny to my elbow. And I just noticed that I was sort of starting to stagnate. And I was like, man, I'm just going to take some time out, rebuild, get everything right again, get, and then start thinking about getting strong. And then, um, and then try and pick some goals. Like, I definitely want to do the 104 for a couple of reps. I've, I've got almost two reps at one stage. There's a little bit of a break in the middle while I set my hand and whatever yeah. else, but I'd like to be able to do two consistent reps on that. Uh, I'd like to do 15 level level lifts on the inch. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, I, I, I want to, uh, I think I've got about 11 at some stage, but it'd be pretty cool yeah. to get 15, you know, without a break, just go, 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 go. That'd be cool. Uh, I want to lift Blobzilla. I want to clean the 120 legacy. Um, I'm not sure what else, man. So real I'm quick, sure what you else. have a 225 kilogram plate pinch written down. Interested in pinching 255s? Not as much. Definitely. Someday? Definitely. Okay. Yeah, de definitely. It's not, it's just on, on the to-do list at the moment. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, and like I said, these could be, you know, way long term. Um, you have clean the inch dumbbell. Now, how much do you weigh right now? Just curious. I think I'm about 102 kilograms, which is like 220 something, 224 or something maybe. So, are you are you going to try to give Ben a run for his money as the lightest guy to clean the inch, or are you going to bulk <laughs> up for that? <laughs> no way. <laughs> I, I I had a long period off training because i'd like i had like a bulging disc on my c6 or c7 and okay. it made it made like a burning sensation down my arm it made my tricep shrink to about the quarter of its size it okay, well, numbness in my fingers yeah. so the idea of and that's your that's your stronger that side as well weight, right that's your stronger that's side as well yeah definitely okay yeah. yeah and i'm not sure exactly what did that probably poor form lifting too much too often um but the idea of like i can i can high pull an inch you know without without any drama now but the idea of catching it getting under it yeah i, I just find it pretty terrifying man as far as the injury like that weight on your neck the same neck that i've had previous injuries with i would like to do it i just don't know 
if I should. Gotcha. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Yeah, I I'm just going off of it because I, I know you wrote it down. Yeah, and just yeah, and, and I know that you you've lifted much heavier bells. Yeah, but when you start tapping into cleans, it shifts from kind of like a deadlift to like more more grips it goes away from the grip strength and kind of starts going to explosive dynamic body you know what i mean because there's plenty yeah. of guys I, there's plenty of guys out there that i could probably reference um that i think their grip is absolutely strong enough to clean the inch but they don't yeah. have the body for it sure and and yeah. and, I, and, and, and this is like Man. no well, i was going to say that's no offense to you whatsoever no, um, somebody who's lifting a 104 kilo bell um but that's that becomes the issue. I mean, you can see guys, you know, lift bells up into the 200s or 220s, and they can't clean a 170. It just kind of goes to show how technical or how much body and you know what I mean. Just it shows, I guess, yeah. how much respect that feat really should probably oh, get. And uh, it seems like some people nowadays, um, Ben's made it kind of look easy, but I think some <laughs> yeah. people have. Uh, I think some people have almost taken that as like. I don't know. They just kind of breeze by it. Like, Oh, Ben's cleaning it 15 times today. It's like 10 years ago, that probably would have been talked about a little bit more in the grip community. It's like now, now it's almost like, uh, yeah, whatever. And then people are like doing like other silly little lifts and it's like, it's not getting as much credit. And it's like, dude, do you know what cleaning the inch dumbbell means? Like, especially yeah. at that weight. Like, I, so I think it gets overlooked. I'm not saying that people don't give credit to it, but when you see guys that are doing grip strength, like I said, lifting heavier bells so much far beyond it, yeah, but they still can't clean it. It it just kind of yeah. goes to show that it's a uh, it's kind of in a rare league of its own. And uh, like I said, Ben Ben out of nowhere, you know, kind of came in and within a year, pretty much made it look like it's just something that happens all the time. But up until that point, it was like not a whole lot of guys just casually in the grip world throwing up an inch clean you know, know. So, and like 10 10 10 tries in a day and, and not quite catch it and you know like he he's just amazing like we we both got the holly 30 kilo blob yeah and i knew he tried it and i knew he broke it off the ground and you guys I'm, were racing I'm, I'm on that right you guys had man, like a, a competition I'm, where you were racing yeah yeah yeah, right? yeah but, uh, I, don't, it's so, I think it's from climbing days. You want to be the first person to climb something. There's something exciting about being the first person to ever lift something. I, I don't actually know why that's so appealing, but for me it is. And I just dropped what I was doing. Like I I'm, I'm kind of always do that anyway. If I've got a goal, everything sort of falls by the wayside and whatever is goal number one, that's all I'm working at. But anyway, I made this number one and I think it took me, you know, I can't even remember six or seven sessions before I could lift it. Yeah. And then I think two hours later, he started, he's like, Oh man, you beat me. And like two hours later, he'd done it. And I was like, Oh, right. Wow. wow. So, you know, I don't know whether something clicked in his brain. Oh, now it's, now it's doable. It's not mythical anymore. This is now achievable. And then he's just like, bang, you can just do it. And then the yeah. next session, you cleaned it. <laughs> and I think I've only lifted it one time, like Man. a week a week later when I was like dialed in and my skin was okay. But he yeah. just like cleaned it. And I was just like, how? <laughs> how is this possible? Like, yeah, he's, lot, he's amazing. It doesn't make Absolutely sense. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. All right, Joe. So 
Yes. Um, we've covered a lot of random topics. Is there any other topic that you particularly maybe want to dive into, kind of discuss uh, anything on your mind? Um, anything you think that maybe we looked over or didn't touch on? Do you think that? Do you think that Ben's feats, as as you said? I, I agree. I don't think they got anywhere near enough recognition and they're still not getting anywhere near enough recognition. Do you think that's because inches seem to be far more abundant, more accessible, easy to get, more people have them, that it's sort of taken away a bit of mystique? Uh, like, like before you go, oh, no one's ever lifted the inch. I'm like, yeah, well, that was when there was one inch and one guy had it and went around. So it's not yeah. like you could go down to, does what I'm saying make sense? Yeah. You didn't just go buy one at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. Well, yeah. Almost. You, know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, man, you know, there, there's like a two part answer for that for me. I think yeah. there being uh, more abundance of inch bells kind of makes the inch bell lose its mystique a little bit because it's, it's not that yeah. like rare thing that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, you come across it a little more. You're seeing it he's in your. Done it. He's done it. He's yeah. done it. He's right. done it. He's done it. But but at the yeah. same time, like just because there's more of them, I think it makes them like more accessible. I would almost think that because there are more inch dumbbells out there. Yeah. And there's plenty. If there's more inch dumbbells out there, then there's more cats putting their hands on it that haven't cleaned it. I think they would have more respect for the clean. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to go that way. Like, I think the fact that there's more inch dumbbells, the inch dumbbell kind of loses its mystique because it becomes a little more like humanized. Yeah. It becomes, you know, a, a little more regular, a little more common. You start seeing more and more people lift it, but you yeah. haven't seen them clean it. And if they could yeah. just walk up and clean it, they would be, but they're not cleaning right. it. So I, I understand that more inch dumbbells being around and it getting more notoriety in the last few years. Um, maybe it loses its mystique as a grip strength feat, but I don't, but I would almost assume that because more people can touch it and feel it and understand what it is, they would connect the dots when they see someone clean it and be like, Holy shit. Like, yeah, I, I think they would almost have a better idea as opposed to like, well, what, what's the big deal? I mean, I do circus dumbbell at my gym and it's like, you haven't touched an inch, but now that people are touching them more, I think they would respect the, the inch clean more. So that's kind of my answer. I think the inch has lost some of that mystique because there's more of them, but yeah. because more hands are on them and more hands aren't cleaning them. I think it's someone's growing appreciation them. for the yeah, feet it, as well. It should, it doesn't seem like it is, but I think it should kind of uh, make people appreciate that level of a feat more. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, the guys that, the guys that have either cleaned it or are familiar with bells and kind of at the top of the game in that, that realm, they definitely yeah. take notice of it and definitely pay respects to it. But uh, yeah, it does just kind of seem like it gets overlooked and then you could scroll through your timeline or whatever it may be. And it's, Oh, this guy's cleaning the inch. Ah, not a big deal. Uh, let's see. You know, <laughs> let, 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 let's see this guy lift 35 pounds on. I don't know something that probably has no carryover into anything. <laughs> you, you get what I'm like, yeah. I, it just seems to get lost in the shuffle and maybe the oversaturation of social media is taken away from it because maybe five or eight years ago when people were posting grip videos, 
No. There, there wasn't guys uploading four and five videos a day of the most remedial shit. It's true. Like, here's me doing 30 pounds on a hub. Here's me doing 35. Here's my warm up sets. It's like people have gotten into a habit of just filming themselves so much that like they're fucking filming warm ups, just basic lifts, average lifts. Doesn't matter. They're just in four and five times a day. That maybe some of these bigger lifts are just getting lost in the shuffle. Do you, I mean, do you think so? I think so. I think so. That's just one theory. I, yeah. Yeah. I think that can happen for sure. And, and I think, I think if you open up your phone, if you're on Instagram, which I'm, I'm trying hard to leave, I've just deleted it again. Okay. And I, about a month ago, nearly now. So if anyone wonders where I went, I'm still happy to stay in touch. Just not on Instagram. <laughs> um, find me on WhatsApp. <laughs> so, well, you'd open up and there'd be 30 new posts and they're all amazing but because there's 30 and you've got 10 minutes you're trying to look through them all and you're like oh yeah he's done that and he's done that and he's done that he's done that okay now back to work and yeah again i don't know if you're diluted whether it's an overload whether you know our brains are just saturated perhaps almost like overstimulated or I don't know. Yeah. Just, you're just you're just like too short attention span running through trying to I don't know see the next thing see the next thing oh that was amazing world class next thing like and yeah you you, you don't have time yeah. to kind of appreciate it when maybe like back in the day it was like hey someone just posted a video of them lifting the inch and it's like oh that's the only video posted of someone lifting the inch this week you know yeah. like that was the only time somebody posted that whereas you know, I'm not saying that's only like one person could do it. I'm just saying like, maybe there was a week where like, if you were to look on social media, maybe it was like, Oh, so-and-so in the group community lifted the inch. And it was kind of known because it was maybe smaller group, less content. Now it's like, I gotta, I don't know. I don't follow too many people, but I still have kind of that oversaturated. I mean, I try to limit who I follow make sure that it's like quality stuff that I'm seeing. Um, yeah stuff that kind of, I guess, inspires me or people I know personally. I'm not really big into idolizing and following strangers or just pointless shit. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't have some kind of training benefit, knowledge benefit, you know? Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I don't know. I just but think I've, it's the culture we're in. I've, I've done it myself. I've, and I find myself doing it. And that's part of the reason I really didn't like it anymore was that I'd go down and lift to make a video to have something to post. I thought, what, what am I a kid? Why, why am I doing this? Why am I so obsessed by this? Like, yeah. if I didn't have a video camera with me, would I have tried to do that? And I found the answer was no sometimes. And I was like, okay. well, this isn't healthy. This is getting me off topic. Like, this isn't making me stronger. I'm doing a lift on, I've done before. And, you know, if you're posting something and you're psyched and you're, you're happy about it to PR, whatever, like, I don't care if you're lifting 500 kilos or two kilos. You're happy with it? cool man that's great i'm psyched for you you're enjoying it that's what i want to see someone enjoying trying to progress but i found myself posting stuff that was not important to me and 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 not they're not prs they're not goals they're not milestones i was just posting to have something to post just kind of a filler like a filler post yeah like and i don't know and i, I couldn't explain why and I was just like, man, I don't need this. I don't, I don't know why I'm doing this. 
So yeah. I'll just step away now. I don't want to. I don't want to play that game anymore. I'll put I, a few I, things on YouTube or whatever, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to. I'm not making mindless videos. I'm. I'm training seriously for a goal. I'm still trying to achieve. I'm more psyched than ever. I just don't feel the need to post my warm ups or you know, <laughs> like tricks. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah. No, it it totally makes sense because um yeah. I feel burnt out from it. Like yeah, I, I pretty much try to kind of. Uh, me. I almost try to kind of lift by the code, or even live my life by the code. That like, I'm not changing myself for the camera. Um, yeah. One of the things with me is like, yes, I post stuff. Yeah. Uh, in, in my mind, what I'm doing is I'm documenting lifts. I'm not filming yeah. myself. Like I'm not yeah. like staring into the camera, making sure I look good. Like I'm not filming me. So even yeah, yeah right. He, but but even so so even when I'm filming myself, I don't truly feel like I'm filming myself. I'm documenting training. I'm documenting my lift, and that's kind of how yeah. I approach it. And that's what I try to kind of live by when I do that. So yeah, I I don't want to be that person that's like, and I and I don't have any like names specifically, but like no. just in the social media culture we have, there are people that are just I mean they post videos and the videos are more about them, not their progress, not their lifts, not their technique, you know. That doesn't fuck me up, man. You know, yeah, like, I, I, I just can't get into it. I like it. videos, you're like, I want to go do blobs. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. I try to really um, keep it, you know, to where like, I'm not doing lifts for other people or, oh, I'm going to try this cool thing because that'll get views. I'm not trying to go that route. Yeah. If that's going to take away from my goals and my training plan. So I would like to believe that, and I'm not going to say it's the case hundred percent of the time. I'm not saying maybe when I first say, got into grip. Have you, have you posted something? And then the next day, like, why did I post that man? It's late. Um, th there's been times where I'll put it this way. Maybe that I didn't post something that I felt yeah. like, you know what I mean? Was like out of programming or maybe I did it just to post. Um, yeah. But maybe something that didn't get posted, but I spent a lot of time trying to do in the gym and it messed up my training. Like yeah, I got uh, some idea that would be a cool, a cool video or a cool thing. And I spent 30 minutes trying to mess around with it. And maybe I didn't yeah. pull it off. So then it doesn't get posted, but it still ate up 30 minutes of my training session. Yeah. And that's like just unacceptable. You know what I mean? So that kind of stuff. So when I say yeah. that, like, I'm, I'm documenting these lifts, I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. And yeah. choosing that route to kind of like, you know, step back, kind of go old school. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm only 32 years old. Um, but I feel like I was supposed to be born like a hundred years ago or something. I, you know what I mean? I kind of have an old school mindset. So yeah, I, I document these lifts and yeah. I try to keep it at that. And I try to stick to the program and what the goals are. And I don't really want to get caught up in the trick of the day, the best test on this handle, so-and-so's leaderboard I, as long as you're challenging yourself and having fun that's cool but like for me i just want to uh like i said i got goals and i'm checking them off you know what i mean yeah there's not too many things yeah. i've set my eyes on so far that with a little bit of time that haven't fallen you know and the more that i try yeah. to i don't know do finicky goofy stuff for some type of attention it's just like more time that i'm not doing that you know and i just can't have it so i'm I, I agree with you. And that, that was just one of the topics too. I wanted to bring up was, you know, how many people do you feel nowadays are truly following a plan 
when they're training? Do you think most of these grip guys, I, I know the top level guys, but I'm saying mm. like, as far as our, our, uh, I say R, I don't have any like ownership of anything, but in the sport, the, uh, the newer crop of people kind of coming in and finding out about it. Yeah. Do you find that more of them are sticking to that plan and kind of doing what we're talking about? Or do you kind of see it being a little more of the gimmicky lifts for attention? There's not as much purpose behind it. It's just a little more filler. It's, I don't care if I'm still doing the same weight three months from now. It's I'm just posting stuff. You get what I mean? How, how do you feel about yeah, the balance of, of the new, like the, the newer crop of people or this generation, whatever you want to say, do you feel like the newer people to grip are, I don't know, 80, 20, 50, 50, like half are serious, half are, you know, how would you rate that? Any idea? That's a tough question because when you first find the sport, you want to try everything. True. Yeah. And if I see Zach Mullins hand to hand transfer a blob, you think, oh, I want to try that too, man. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah, you're kind of sharing the experience. Um, as far as sticking to a plan when you're new, I think when you come into the sport new, you don't even have a plan. You don't even know what it is. You probably you just go crazy. Yeah, well, I know I did. Like, I just want to get every single tool there was and see what my max was. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to, I need a flask. I need a tip tester. I need an inch. I need, you know, whatever it is. And as soon as I get it, I'm just, you know, filming that and lifting that and maxing out on that. And um, I don't know, because like any new tool, it takes a while to get used to it. And you might start lifting more, not because you're stronger, because you know how to use it now. And so many yeah. times I've done it myself, I'll get it and I'll just use it for three weeks. And then finally I'll put my thumb slightly different and I'll lift more and I'll go, okay, no worries. And then two months later, I'm lifting the same weight. I'm like, all right, stop, go do some other training, come back, lift more. And sort of, so I, I don't know if that answered the question, but no, I don't sure. think they even know what they want to have a structured training. Yeah. Just and kind of navigating and finding, finding their way. Yeah. And sure. the fact that it's fun and they've got all these new things to try, that's what's so addictive about it, right? Okay. Now the question to follow up off that, with yep. that being said, you have that kind of like, uh, I don't know what we're going to call it, honeymoon phase where you're just buying everything. <laughs> yeah. now, that you've, now that you've passed that phase, you've been doing this for how long total, would you say? Like knowing about grip sport? Uh, I, think grip specifically, I think specifically grip stuff, um, as in for grip sport, grip yeah. seats, probably four years or something now, I, I think it would probably come up. Okay. So probably yeah. about a year or two before me, probably. I mean, we're not too far off. Something like really. that. Um, Something like that. So now that you've kind of had that period to kind of uh, vet through all these things and kind of know what's what works, what you like, what you don't like, you've kind of had the trial run or more than a trial yeah. run in your experience. What are your like essentials? What are like things that like you would never sell, never get rid of? You got to have, you got to train and why? man that's tough i've got i've got tools on display that i use all the time and then i've got tubs full of other tools <laughs> um, i'm guessing the bells i'd never sell my bells yeah i'd never never sell my blobs okay. no way in the world 
And if I, you do, if I you would, do sell them back to me, man, that would, that would, that would, that would, that would gifts from good friends, man. They're not going anywhere, <laughs> and I wouldn't sell it. Gotcha. If, if you said to me, "Hey, man, I need a fat man," and you, and you want it back, yeah, it's, you, I won't be charging you, man. Um, so bells, blobs, some kind of rolling handle. I, I, mm-hmm. It is slightly different to an inch. Um, I think like Saxon and Axel is probably a good thing. Yeah, because you have boy, you could use that with two hands and one hand. So I mean, you yeah. have a little more diversity there than just one lift. You yeah. know what I mean? You have multiple lifts within one thing. You could do curls. There, there you know what I mean? Uh, like Saxon curls. And there's, I, there's a lot of application there that goes beyond just the lift. Yeah, for sure. I don't really like um painful painful group tools i find the fin ball i think it's a cool concept i find the technique to lift the maximum amount is just kind of awful it twists my index finger in such a way it feels like it's doing awful things to my knuckle sideways it rolls sideways it feels like you're almost i uh the the pressure in order to lift heavy is just awful even if you use perfect technique I so feel that with those... my uh, my right finger. I feel that on my yeah, left okay. side, I don't really feel it, and I think it's just because I have more flexibility somewhere. But my right yeah. hand totally feels that. It'll start like rotating this knuckle out this yeah. way, but my left doesn't really suffer from that. So I kind of pull a little better left-handed on the finish ball for 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 that reason, really. Um, but I yeah, remember for... talking to Harry and. Um... And Harry Tolland, he's like, man, once a week, that's ample. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it any more than once a week and you'll keep going up. <laughs> uh, so I, that's probably, you know, if there was a flood and I had to put 10 things in the boat, well, <laughs> bells, blobs, yeah, a- Axel Saxon. Then you're just sinking because it's uh, all the heavy shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you always want to keep some kind of anvil and some cool plates or something, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so that covers a decent amount of topics for now. Um, cool, man. Do you have any questions for me? I kind of just leave that open. Yep. If you, if you, I mean, as as we've batted some questions back and forth, but do you have any questions yep. that you would kind of like to ask me just being the first episode and whatever, just having this time to talk? Yeah, man, you are probably the most generous person in grip, man. Like you've gone out of your way to make gear accessible to so many people around the world and your generosity is just absolutely insane. Why why is that? Why why are you like this? Well, why are you so happy to help people? Like, is it you just want the sport to grow and you know you you doing good things to good people or you know like where where, where does that yeah. come from um because this is because some of this is you know pretty great personal financial cost that you're footing the bill for a lot of these times and no for sure yeah yeah I get like I, I, we never met in person but man you, you're my bro like but i never met you face to face yeah and you've been super kind to me and i and and i know you've you know done great things to other people as well like it's 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 amazing just wondering what what drives you man um 
it's a tough question but it's not like at the same time it's 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 a weird one um if i had to just answer it honestly um part of it has to do with the same thing you said like with harry talonin and like you like you know you, you ask these world record guys or you ask these guys that are up there and i'm not claiming to be i know i'm not i'm not there yet maybe someday i can get my lips up there but but you get what i'm saying i'm not like a premier grip guy yet in my mind i'm i've done some good lifts but i have a long way to go before i could mess with the top of those lists or you know stuff like that so um but you know having the top guys like you or hari or whoever um you know jed adam I've, i've had so many different people reach out and help me and uh I guess I just always wanted to kind of keep the same thing going. And I know that kind of copies off your thing. Like, Oh, well, that's what it was like when I talked to him. So I was going to help him be the same, but really, man, um, to get like deeper on the, on the question, as opposed to like outside of grip world, um, is, uh, basically because I don't feel like I ever had that person do it for me. And what I mean is like, I never had anybody like, find me a fat man blob or like like when i was younger like when i was like you know 17 years old and like kind of like wanting to get into mma and shit i didn't have somebody that was like oh we're gonna take you down to the gym and get you signed up and figure like i had to figure all that shit out on my own so like i had to go and like walk in you know like fresh out of high school fighting whoever you know inspiring i mean i'm you know i'm just saying like fighting grown men i'm still fucking basically a a kid at that point and i'm walking in these gyms with professional fighters and you know you're just showing up they don't know you back then people trained a little rougher they're a little smarter nowadays about brain damage and stuff so you don't have a god i'll I'll teach you about mma (laughs) yeah i mean strange strangers are showing up and essentially fighting every night you know sometimes so that's how it was back then and uh man I just had to kind of do everything the hard way. And I'm not saying that I didn't have some decent coaches or good leaders to help me out. I did. But at the same time, I never really felt like I had that person to, I guess, be generous or help me out and kind of save me the trouble. I had to kind of take the long route, take the hard route, you know? So when I get that chance to kind of help someone else, maybe fast forward a little bit, or, Hey, here's a couple speed bumps. I'm gonna jump you past them because you don't need to, you don't need to go through what I went through. Um, that's where a lot of that I think comes from. So when somebody hits me up with a, uh, a lifting question or anything nowadays, I'm more than happy to answer it and take time out of my day, drop what I'm doing, film a video, shoot it over to them, talk to them, whatever, because I didn't really feel like a whole lot of people ever did that for me. I felt like I had to go like, you know what I mean? just kind of fight for every oh, little man. thing I had. So just through fighting yeah. from every little thing I had, never really having somebody hand stuff to me or kind of guide stuff. It's like, well, because I didn't really get that kind of help. I'm gonna make sure when I get in a position to where I can't help other people, I'm gonna try to be the best resource for them. So I, that yeah, would be my amazing, best answer man. without being too long winded. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much that. If that man, makes- I, I, I recognize that totally. Like I've gone the long route, never really done anything the easy way. And and then I see someone they get an inch and they're struggling, and I'm like, man, I'll get 15 messages. <laughs> try yeah. this, try this, work on this, think about this. And I've sent videos to people and um, you know, I I love seeing the progress. People 
they seem overwhelmed and suddenly it makes sense but but i've also done it and people are like man that doesn't work for me at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the best but, i mean yeah. one of the best things about that is like when you do give someone that advice or you do that that stuff and then they uh you see them succeed you know what i mean yeah you see oh, them man, pull what it a off. feeling right so i mean that kind of i don't know there's been times where like i've had other people hit certain feats and i almost was like happier for their feats than mine oh and, i get that as well man. And, and i felt the same way like we're like don't get me wrong i've had some decent fights and i've won fights and blah 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 whatever and you know it, it, it's cool to win but I've always been more nervous, like when I'm coaching somebody or I'm coaching a friend and they're fighting yeah. because like, that's my friend. I don't want my friend to get hurt. Like if I get fucked up, I'm responsible for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's on me a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't really feel as nervous, but when it's somebody else and it's like out of my control, it's like, ah, I don't want them getting injured. So I'm almost like more happy when I have a friend that wins or a friend that pulls off a big lift because it's like, a little bit out of my control so when it goes good um i don't know usually a little happier for that kind of stuff than my own stuff and when i lift my own stuff it's kind of like okay well let's add five pounds that wasn't shit or, <laughs> you know, cool man so yeah. what's next <laughs> yeah exactly and then it's the never-ending yeah. list of like we're just climbing the feet because there's stuff i've done grip wise the last year that I probably thought it would take me a lifetime and I've already done it. So now I'm kind of like, well, I guess we just keep going. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, I don't know, man, but yeah, like I said, any questions you could ask away or we could uh, begin to wrap up. We're probably coming close to two hours ish um, at this point. Um, but yeah. yeah, I just want to give you the chance to, you know what I mean? Yeah, man. Have the floor. I love, I, love, I, love, I love what you're doing here. I love the way that it's not, super focused just a grip sport you're keeping it open grips grip strength related rather than you know just down the line grip sport what so i guess that you know you must be very psyched about this to want to do this right so what makes you psyched for training grip and what makes you psyched to want to promote it grow it is that you know what i mean yeah no i get that uh man i uh i think just from a, a young age, I kind of realized, and young, maybe teenager, um, kind of just realized how important when you're doing something, your hands are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just, just being able to pick up something's kind of impressive. Or if yeah. you get into a fight with somebody and uh, you're, you're grappling, you're latching onto somebody, you're doing something like you want, you want to feel strong. You want to be yeah. in control. Um, and we just use our hands for so much. So I think that like early on, I found a good respect for grip strength, even though I didn't know how to really train it. And I didn't know yeah. that it was even a sport, but I still valued the fact that like what we could do with our hands, you know what I mean? If you think about past generations and how many people have made a living by their hands, blue collar, manual labor, just that kind of work ethic and stuff like that. Like it's, it's your hands, you know what I mean? Like that's the, that's the tool that's building it. So um yep. to to actually know that there's historical feats that are like have lineage and are tied to hand strength and then finding out that there's places i can go and other people that are like maximizing this hand strength and testing it and competing on big stages it's like man like what's not to be excited about 
You know what yeah. I mean? Like there, there's a, there's a deeper yeah. history from like, you could talk about like the manual labor, blue collar, just regular working people, the hands that have basically built the countries we live Cities. in or what we've done. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the, all the way up to, you know what I mean? Challenging yourself, finding out about yourself and what you're capable of doing and, you know, reaching your full potential and blah, 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 and all that. You know what I mean? Um, maybe it's cliche to say that, but uh, that's, that's what kind of keeps me going. And uh, very similar to, I, I do a lot of relations to fighting because I spent a lot of time in that world. I'm still tied to the MMA world and, and doing some training and stuff and helping people and coaching and stuff. But uh, I relate a lot of things to fighting because I spent more time doing that than I have grip. Yeah. Um, that's your background and that's your history and your passion, obviously. So yeah. fighting is like one of those lifelong pursuits where like nobody ever just stops and says, I'm as good as I'm ever going to get. Yeah. I know it all. I, I know it all. I'm the best fighter in the world. I know everything. I've got one more fight left. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? So, so nobody, nobody ever really, nobody good has that kind of mindset or attitude. That's it's right. a lifelong endeavor. It never ends. And I really, that's what keeps me pumped about grip because it's the same way. There's yep. so many different handles, feats, ways to advance feats. Um, I'm never going to run out of doing grip stuff or just mastering grip to where I can just sit back and be like, Oh, I've done it all. Like you can yeah, always yeah. add one pound, one rep, one second. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. A new challenge, <clears throat> uh, a new width, a new diameter, whatever the case may be, there's always something. So it's like, it's easy to not get, I guess kind of like get stale with it and just, I don't know where if maybe if all you had was bench press, it's like, God, I can only do bench press for so long. And then it'll offend people. Hey man, <laughs> you know, until my, my shoulders are shit or until my body gives out. But when yeah. it comes to grip, it's like, well, Hey man, maybe this isn't firing right now, but I can go over here and set a fucking record or a PR in this. And it, it man. makes it easy to, it makes it easy for you to kind of shift gears and shift lanes, even when things aren't going your way. So, yeah. I've done that, man. I've been burnt out from bells and gone over and lift up the anvil stub or the pip cross something. And you hit a PR and you're like, how good is this sport? There's just, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. There's just a hundred ways to get that buzz, you know? Do you think like you've, you've come a long way pretty quick. You've only been doing this three years, you said, and you've obviously had some strength and fitness background, but you've done amazing things in your time. Like some of your feats are just, you know, in incredible. Do you think you'd be as hooked if you hadn't had such success? Like, do you think if you were still struggling to pick up the inch, if you, you couldn't get what you were happy with on certain lifts, because you're pretty well-rounded, strong across the board. And like I said, you've done amazing things. Do yeah. you think success has helped or been crucial to you being so passionate about it and so driven? I did have a little bit of a, well, not say a little bit. I, I played sports my entire life, very physical, yeah. lifted weight since I was 13. So like I, I was, I had a good strong base coming into grip and then grappling yeah. for, you know, however many years before grip, you know, 12, 13 years of rolling around grappling. So that stuff helps, but yeah. just to, uh, just to kind of put it in perspective, um, I still didn't have it like super easy. I, I wasn't really a natural at a lot of lifts. Like I said, that first time I touched the inch, um, it, it didn't budge and, and it took me about a year and a half to lift it. So I, I'm not saying that, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that's not quick success or, you know, there's other guys mm -hmm. that have probably taken longer, 
but it, it wasn't but you like put work, yeah, but you put work in and got rewarded say that oh, reward was for sure yeah no, for sure um i think it would be harder and harder to keep coming back um yeah. but at the same time um personal examples i could think of would be I, I don't know it's like you said earlier like with climbing or something you kind of you kind of get bit or you kind of get the bug to do it and then that almost like consumes everything you know well, what i mean in your baby so that's how i feel like i am with the things i get into so if it's like music i'm listening to music like all the way if it's fighting i'm like all the way if it's grip so i don't really get like deterred from doing too much don't get me wrong yeah. i get pissed off on sessions when they don't go my way and i don't oh, of course. but of course. um like <laughs> another example would be like the red pill anybody's familiar with the red pill it's a it's a blob um yeah. it's very slick it's wide it's hard to pick up it's it, it's really one of the toughest blobs i've ever lifted still um and I bought one, like I said, that was one of the first things I purchased. And uh, man, it it probably sat in my garage for two years before it saw air. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, so I mean, that's that's two years of like me maybe rolling it out, pulling on it. I'm still training other blobs. I'm still doing blob training, and. Yeah there's no reward. Like I'm literally thinking like, should I just roll this thing down the street? Should I sell it to somebody? You know, yeah. is, is it just like beyond my anatomy to even like lift this thing or yeah, do I tough it out? And you know what I mean? Just keep going. And then like one day it comes up and I filmed it and I was like, I almost had to go back to my phone. Cause I was like, did that really happen? I almost like doubted yeah. it that much. I was like, what the fuck? You know? So, um, yeah, don't get me wrong. Some things have come quicker, a little quicker to me than than others. So I'm not saying I've had a slow route, but there's definitely been those moments where I haven't been rewarded and it's been pretty hopeless. And through just, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, perseverance, just pushing through, like just not, not, not quitting. You know what I mean? Like just knowing that like, hey, I didn't get it today. I'll be back again. Like I'm not going away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like if it takes yeah. four years, five years, 10 years, I'm lifting that thing. And that's that, you know what I mean? So that's just my attitude. I'm just, I guess I'm not like easily persuaded to give up. So, so your, so your personality almost made it impossible to fail. <clears throat> yeah. Because I, I almost like, you couldn't let go. You couldn't let go. <laughs> no. And, that, and that's, what, that's what I do with most things. And that, that's why some sessions I'll just get roped into the point where it's like diminishing returns. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm, trying to shoot for something that i just can't do you know what i mean like it's beyond my reach and i'm yeah. just uh i don't know you know what i mean like you, you take attempts on a big bell and it's like okay you only get so many attempts and then it's downhill but, but yeah i'll continue to press the issue and get you know, longer rest period come back to it, some marathon session and it just goes worse and worse so it come back to it another day um yeah but yeah i mean that's that's but like i said that, that's mostly it um I, I think I would still do it. Um, a lot of my lifts when I first started were not very impressive out the gate. Um, most people maybe don't know that or they didn't see them, but like I couldn't pinch 235s when I started. I probably was barely lifting 150 on a rolling thunder. Um, there's a lot of lifts that, you know what I mean, were by no means impressive. Um, was I strong at like bench press or decent deadlift? If I grab a hold of you and we wrestle, I'm like, yeah, I'm strong. But for specific grip stuff, 
a lot of my entry numbers were not very high. And uh, it, it really took me kind of applying all the other specialties in my life to my grip training and just my training knowledge to, to get those numbers to jump. Now, don't get me wrong. They started to jump quickly after that, but like, I didn't just walk up and start picking up things that were like world-class. I, I was kind of like very defeated and humbled almost every single time I touched something. And it took a little bit of a maneuvering to get to finishing stuff off. So. Yeah. 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 That's cool, man. That's cool. I'm glad you stuck with it. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> man, I'm going to have to wrap it up. No, Joe, that's good, man. Um, yeah. Like I said, yeah. I think we covered most of the topics. Um, if uh, I would say if anybody wants to follow you, I know you're temporarily taking a break from Instagram, but you do have a YouTube yeah. channel up. You do have some world-class lifts on there and uh, some footage. Is there maybe a YouTube or something that you could throw out where people could maybe see some of your lifts and check out some of the training stuff you've done. Yeah. I don't actually know what it is. Just Joseph Hodson on YouTube. I think it's like got some number under it. If you find the channel, but um, if if you're going to uh, maybe like Holly 104 kilogram dumbbell or millennium dumbbell or Thomas inch dumbbell, something will come up and you'll find me if, if, if you want to find me, I think I'm out there somewhere. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Well, Joe, hey, man, um, I won't hold you up anymore. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, just like I said, definitely glad to have you here for episode one doing these interviews. And uh, I'm sure you'll be back at some point in time for some other stuff. But uh, look forward yeah, to seeing man. what you're going to do with your training, some of the feats we talked about. Um, I know you're close on a few. So I'll just be keeping an eye out and uh, – kind of seeing how your training is going and everything else. And for everybody listening, like I said, check Joe's lifts out, uh, try to get in contact with him if you can about training anything. Um, if you're for some reason listening and you're in Australia, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming most of the listeners I'll have will probably be my home country first, but if you're yeah. in Australia, don't hesitate to get a hold of Joe or somebody else or find grip people in your area that are doing yep. some form of grip sport, some form of arm lifting, something strength related that way that that quantity over there can kind of up and get to the point where we can have Joe hosting a nationals or getting bigger stuff running yep. and make the sport bigger. Yep. So that's the only thing, yep. man. So I'll go ahead and uh, let you get off here. And until next time, uh, yep. Have good training, man. Man, it was great talking to you. Yep. You as well, good man. Time. All right, talk soon, Zach. Thanks, yep, man. I'll, I'll see you, man. See ya. Bye.